Tuesday, May the 5th in the year of our Lord, 2020. And as is our custom on Tuesdays, we take a look at the hymn assigned for the following Sunday. And with us is Pastor Mark Smith. Hi, Mark. Hey, Tom. How you doing this fine day? Doing really well. And we're looking at hymn At the Lamb's High Feast We Sing. And we need to start it because it's eight verses long. Yeah, it's a great hymn. Yes. So you want me to get going with the first verse? Please do so. Okay. At the Lamb's high feast we sing. Praise to our victorious King, who has washed us in the tide, flowing from his pierced side. Alleluia. Okay, if this is the Lamb's high feast, what do you understand as a low feast? <laughs> I suppose a, a non-communion Sunday. <laughs> this, this is a this is oh, a that's for pretty good. Lord's yes. Supper. What's that? Yeah, that's a pretty good answer. Yeah. Um, a high feast would be with the Lord's Supper, but you're right. not saying it's not a proper worship service unless you have the Lord's Supper, are you? Not at all. Not at all. It's just uh, uh, it's it's something less. Yes. Because it's missing one of the sacraments. Right. It's like saying it's not a proper worship service unless you're baptizing an infant. Right. Well, that'd be pretty hard to do every Sunday. Yeah. (laughs) Unless you've got a a bunch of kids and uh, a very prolific congregation. (laughs) Now, I never really considered it, as this says it, who's washed us in the tide flowing from his pierced side. Why tide? Well, it, it, it rhymes with side, and of course I have, uh, I, that's a picture to me of his, uh, of his crucifixion when, when his side was pierced with the Roman spear and outflowed uh, water in the blood. Yes. And that, of course, reminds us of the, of the sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper. Yes. And it also indicates that he had truly died. Right. Because that's what separates when a person dies, the water from the blood. And um, notice that, how are we washed in that? Let's see. A praise to our, let's see, who has washed us in, well, through baptism, of course. Yes, through baptism. Yeah. Yeah, Romans chapter 6, we have people go to. I'll read stanza two. Praise we him whose love divine gives his sacred blood for wine, gives his body for the feast, Christ the victim, Christ the priest. Alleluia. You know, I was talking to a pastor yesterday who is dealing with a member who is involved with a group And he thinks the group believes everything we do, like about the Lord's Supper. Mm -hmm. And we took a look on the Internet what this group believed. And it's a very tricky way that they're doing it. They, They teach and believe that when you take the Lord's Supper, you are receiving the body and blood of Christ. But they're Calvinists, which means you're only receiving it spiritually, Because Christ's body is really in heaven. They don't make a distinction between 
the the body being here on earth as well as the divinity and so it says gives us sacred blood for wine um a lot of people confuse this i heard recently of another lutheran pastor they spilled some of the wine that they were giving out at communion on the rug and after the service he cut out that part of the rug oh boy yeah. Now, well, why would we not do that? <laughs> well, uh, because because uh, I, I would say, you know, we we really don't know. It, it, it's our Lord says, "Take and eat. This is my body. Take yeah. and drink." Apart from the sacrament, apart from the uh, sacrament, uh, we, we don't really know when it ceases to be the body and blood of our Lord. That is yeah, a lot of people don't realize, that's an excellent point, Mark, that we do not believe that the bread is the body of Christ or the blood is the, I'm sorry, the wine is the blood of Christ. We believe it is in, with, and under we make a big distinction there. And the example I like to give is, remember when Moses was on Mount Sinai and the burning bush? The burning bush. Oh, that, I always, that was Chemnitz, uh, Martin Chemnitz's original illustration. I use that all the time. Yes. Is God a burning bush? No. But he is in with and under that. That's right. He spoke from within that burning bush. Well, he was in with it under the burning bush, and it was burning because, but remember, it didn't catch on fire. Right. The other example I use, and maybe from Chemnitz also, he uses a whole bunch, is at Jesus' baptism, is the Holy Spirit a bird with feathers? No. But he was in with and under the form of a dove at the baptism. Yeah. And and it, it even says, like a dove. Yes. Uh, 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 Dr. Veltz makes the point that that's really referring to the way that the bird descended on Christ, not like an eagle coming down at 100 miles an hour, but like a dove floating down. Uh, that's how he understood that. I see. But remember, Martin Luther, before he understood that you cannot understand the sacrament by transubstantiation, where the... Uh, bread becomes the body of Christ. He had spilled some wine on the yes. altar, on the um where they knelt. Yes. And afterwards took a knife and cut it out. Oh, I I seem to remember he knelt down and lapped it up. Well, he may have done that during the service, but after I hadn't heard that, I I heard he had taken a knife and cut it out of the wood. Wow. And so there's no doubt he gives us his sacred blood for wine, gives his body for the feast, Christ the victim, Christ the priest. Now, that's really the big point. How is he both victim and priest? Well, he's he's the lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. He's the lamb that God himself uh, right. had had put on the cross. For the sins of the whole world, so he's the he's the sacrifice or victim, and, and uh, he himself, he's the priest, prophet, priest, and king. 
Well, the priest was the one who did the sacrificing. Right. So Jesus all in one. Okay, stanza three, please. Okay. Where the paschal blood is poured, death's dread angel sheathes the sword. Israel's host triumphant go through the wave that drowns the foe. Alleluia. Boy, that's a powerful verse. You know, that has, uh, you know, that calls to mind uh, the Passover, the original Passover, where uh, where the blood of the lamb was put upon the uh, the doorpost and the lintel of the door. Right, right. And uh, and the uh, the destructive angel, when he saw that blood on the doorpost, he sheathed the sword, so to speak. He passed over that house. That's right. That's right. Um, we just saw an analogy where it was talking about that uh, he washed us in the tide. The end of that verse says, through the wave that drowns the foe. What Bible verse comes to mind there? Through the wave that drowns the foe. Oh, oh that's, uh, that's the uh, the crossing of the Red Sea. Exactly. Where the water was divided and uh, Pharaoh's chariots were, were drowned, whereas Israel made it all the way through safely. And what does that um, talk about is our baptism. Well, it, of course, it... It, it, Going through the Red Sea. Exactly. Is, That's a foreshadowing of our own baptism, which saved us. Yes. Through the water. So this hymn does both Lord's Supper and baptism. I'll read four. Praise we Christ, whose blood was shed, Paschal victim, Paschal bread, with sincerity and love, eat we manna from above. Now that's really interesting. The analogy now being used is manna. Yes. Why? Well, what is uh, significant between the par- what's the parallel between the two? Well, that's again that's uh, that's the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness and uh, yes, they ate the manna from heaven. Well, this is he's the true manna. Yes, and refers to as the paschal bread. I don't think children will understand that. So, how would you explain paschal bread? Paschal bread. Well, pas- paschal is the, p- the Passover lamb. Yes. And and, and uh, what he, kind of bread did they eat when they left Egypt? They ate uh, the the manna. No, that wasn't until they got to the wilderness. Oh, I see. You, uh, are, are you talking about the uh, the Passover bread? Yes. The bread and of the Passover. What, what was significant unleavened, about that? Unleavened bread. Yes, very good. That it was unleavened. And why did they not have leavened bread? Well, because uh, the idea being, uh, uh, they weren't, they weren't even going to. They would go out of Egypt so quickly there yes. wouldn't even be time to let the bread rise. Excellent, well said, and that's why um, your church uses unleavened bread, doesn't it, for the Lord's oh, yeah. supper? Oh, absolutely, yes, yes, yeah. Um, at the seminary, I don't know if you ever experienced that. Occasionally, they would actually have a loaf of bread, and then distribute parts of it. Uh, can a loaf of bread be made from unleavened bread? 
I don't know if you're it was asking, leavened or not. You're asking, is it ever proper to use a loaf of bread instead of unleavened bread? Is that what you're asking? No. I'm asking, is unleavened bread able to be made into a loaf? Um, well, not a not a big loaf, but I suppose uh, I suppose a smaller loaf. Yeah, I, I don't know be, what the answer to that loaf. was. It wouldn't yeah. be it wouldn't be puffed up or anything. It'd be a, more of a flat loaf. Yeah, yeah. This one, I if I remember, was kind of puffed up. Is that what happens when leaven occurs? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. When yeah, you have leaven, it, it it tends to rise. That's yeah, what makes yeah. it rise. All right. Five, please. Mighty victim from the sky, hell's fierce powers beneath you lie. You have conquered in the fight. You have brought us life and light. Alleluia. Now, those are two words you hardly ever hear together, mighty victim. If a person is a victim, that means they don't have much might. Like if they're a victim and getting put into jail or something like that, they've lost their freedom of might. Why is Jesus a mighty victim? Well, that is, you know, that is kind of an enigma. It's kind of a, a puzzle, isn't it? But he's both, well, he's, he's also the priest as well as the sacrificed. He's yeah. uh, he's he's almighty. He's he's God and man at the same time. Right. I mean, all, almighty God, but also man coming to us in in all humility, in in humble bread and wine. Yeah, from the sky probably is referring to his incarnation, that he as mighty God came down and became incarnate. But he did so in order to become a victim. Right. And that victim occurred at the cross. You know, you can't have a Christian hymn without some allusion to the sacraments and particularly to the cross. Right, absolutely. Always looking for the cross. And that goes for a sermon, too. How can you preach a sermon without the cross? Yes, yes. Well, if you listen to a lot of evangelical radio, what they're preaching is not the cross, but good works, giving the idea that you know you're a Christian because you do good works, and that pleases God, and he loves you and then saves you. And that's so sad to recognize that. Whereas what we believe, teach, and confess, doesn't matter what sin you've ever done, that God has forgiven that sin because of Jesus becoming our victim. His atonement, absolutely. It is All right. Stands the six, please. Now no more can death appall. Now no more the grave enthrall. You have opened paradise, and your saints in you shall rise. Alleluia. Another powerful verse. One right after yeah. the other. I don't think that child understands the word of Paul. Well, death, it, it scares us. It, 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 Excellent. it overwhelms us. Yes. Uh, even, even, uh, even Christians fear death. Yes. I mean, that's part of their old Adam. 
Yeah. Probably one of the worst things you can hear from a doctor is that you have an illness and you only have three to four months to live. Yeah, right. I imagine. And I don't know if you've ever, I've dealt with members who have had that. And at first they're really afraid. But when you see them on their deathbed, their fear has turned to joy that they're soon going to be with Jesus. Right. And that's how death no longer appalls. That was very good what you said. It doesn't any longer frighten us. And no more the grave enthrall. How do you understand that? Well, I would say uh, it's about the same meaning. Wouldn't you say death death appalls, the grave grave overwhelms us. You know, we we take our loved ones. Yes. and lay them to rest, and it, it seems so final. Yes. It swallows us up. It, it swallows all of us up unless we live to see Christ coming again. But uh, no longer need the grave enthrall us. You have opened paradise. Can you remember a Bible verse where paradise is used? This very day, Jesus said to the thief on the cross, You will be Exactly. With me. And that also happened to Stephen when he was stoned. Right. Now, let me ask uh, you something, Tom. Can I ask you something? Uh, No, we don't have any questions allowed during this time. (laughs) Paradise. I've only asked you 50 times. Do you you understand that as the interim state? Paradise. It is the state of moving from earth to heaven, and it would include the interim state. Now, actually, Judaism had a number of levels of heaven, and paradise was the third one, wasn't the last. So I believe that we now use it to refer to the interim state. That's the time between when you die and judgment day occurs. But I also believe that uh, we also use the word paradise to refer to our, our life eternally in heaven. Body and soul. Yes. Yes. Okay. So it has a background, but um, we don't often stick to it. Right. In, in that sense. Okay. All right, I'll read seven. Easter triumph, Easter joy, this alone can sin destroy. From sin's power... Lord, set us free, newborn souls in you to be. Now, when does that occur? When we're set free and we have newborn souls. I would say that I would say our baptism. Yes. We're born again in baptism. That's really good to understand. In fact, is it not a fulfillment of what David says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Yes, and sometimes it's renew a right soul within me. And that is our spiritual connection now to Jesus. And this has occurred because of Easter. Easter triumph, Easter joy. So There's another item. 
we, we've seen baptism talked about. We've seen the Lord's Supper talked about. We've seen the crucifixion talked about. And now here's the resurrection. Right. Those are four elements that are always good in a sermon. Absolutely. And then from sin's power, Lord, set us free. Okay, what's sin's power? It is, well, it, it no longer has dominion over us. Sin does not have dominion over us. If, if we, our, our new man, the new man in us, will not let sin have dominion over us. We and still what sin. We, what does we that daily mean? sin much and indeed deserve nothing but punishment, but exactly. no longer does he have power over us. In other words, no longer are the consequences of our sin, namely eternal death and damnation, no longer does that have dominion over us. We're That's free right. from that. That's right. In fact, Paul, remember how Paul said, the good that I don't want to do, that's what I end up doing. The fact that we don't want to do it shows that sin no longer has dominion over us. Yes. Even though we fall into it. And remember how Romans 8, after that Romans 7 begins, there is now therefore no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. See, this is really amazing. There isn't another religion that comes even close to this where the condemnation is taken away without any effort on your part. No good work, no good thoughts, anything. It's that, That's why one of my favorite analogies that God uses in the Bible to capture the essence of conversion is adoption. What does a baby do to get adopted? Absolutely nothing. Exactly. It's all a decision on the part of potential parents and a judge. Similarly, in our adoption into the family of God, it was all a decision on the part of the Holy Trinity at work. Jesus died, so we're not to be condemned. The Father takes that as it is being finished, and the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts by baptism, in giving us that new life. So our resurrection actually occurs before we die. Right, in Christ. In Christ. Yeah, what do you mean by in Christ? He's he's the first fruits of them that sleep. Yeah, we're going to be taking a look at that at Pentecost, because that's the celebration of the first fruits. And that's who Jesus is. The first fruits doesn't mean chronologically in order, but primarily the number one. Because remember, there were others who kind of rose from the dead, such as, um, well, you've got uh, Lazarus yes. who rose. But then you also have the resurrection of Elijah and Moses on the Mount of Transfiguration. In, in the Old Testament, and you've got the son of the widow at Nain. Yep. And you've got Jairus's daughter. Right. So when we say that he's the first fruit, doesn't mean he's the first one, but he's the primary reason why anyone else will rise from the dead. All right, final stanza, eight. 
that brings us to a doxological verse that talks about all the Godhead. Father, who the crown shall live, Savior, by whose death we live, Spirit, guide through all our days, three in one, your name we praise. Alleluia. All right, what's the crown that's being spoken about that the Father gives? Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give unto thee the crown of life. Yeah, it's not the crown Jesus is wearing. No. It's the crown we are wearing. And that comes from the Father. Right. And once again, we get back to the crucifixion, by whose death we live. And finally, who guides us throughout our life? The Holy Spirit. He keeps us in the one true faith. Yes. And you he that has correct. begun this good work in you will keep it to the day of salvation. It's doxological, three in one, your name we praise. This is a hymn that I think both of us enjoy, right? Oh, yeah. You sing it year-round, not just at Easter, but year-round, every celebration of the Lord's Supper. I'm Tom Baker, and you've been listening to myself and Pastor Mark Smith examining At the Lamb's High Feast we sing on tomorrow's Law and Gospel. We continue with Walther's Law and Gospel distinctions. Till then, God bless. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 930 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.